Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of the How of Who We Are. Today, Will and I go ahead and uh, interview one of our professors, Professor Madeline Rogers. Uh, I think it's a really interesting interview. It's somebody that we don't know personally and an interview that I genuinely really enjoyed and I know Will felt the same. Definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. Please let us know how you guys feel about how we're doing. Uh, give us comments. Uh, go ahead and rate us. Just anything that we can use uh, to help make this podcast better moving forward. Uh, before we start today, though, I'd like to give a special thanks to our friends at Stay Fresh Lifestyle. They're somebody that has supported us uh, before we were a podcast, while we're a podcast, and hopefully we'll do so for a very long time. Thanks. Do you feel like you could get some encouragement? Do you want to stay motivated or feel inspired? Stay Fresh Lifestyle is a lifestyle brand that encourages, motivates, and inspires people to live a positively charged lifestyle. Reminding people the only way to stay fresh is to be rooted in God so your freshness will never dry up. Our mission is to live refreshed lives in the living word of God and developing the whole person to leave a personal fingerprint on life's endeavors. Stay Fresh Lifestyle accomplishes this through Stay Fresh Hair Studio, the mentorship program, the Refresh Bible Study, and philanthropy. The way you can become a Stay Fresh crew member and support our mission is to purchase our products at westayfresh.joomla.com and follow us on Instagram at underscore Stay Fresh Lifestyle and at underscore Stay Fresh Cuts. Stay Fresh. We're going to go ahead and start. This is the third episode of the How of Who We Are. Uh, today, Will and I have a, a new guest, an exciting one that we're both excited to have on. Her name is Professor Rogers. She's a teacher at Benedictine College, and uh, actually, Will and I's legal environment a business teacher. Would you like to say hello? Hey, thanks for having me on your podcast, Will and Keaton. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So, Will, if you'd like to kind of lay out the timeline of how, how we're going to do this, and then we can go ahead and jump in. Yeah, so we, um, obviously the how of who we are, we look to have meaningful conversations with people who are doing extraordinary things um, in quote unquote ordinary circumstances. So what we're hoping to do is get to know you better, Professor Rogers, um, as your role as a teacher and a professor and kind of get to know how, how you got to where you are and like what it, what it means for you um, to be a teacher right now. and because we know you had a lot of different options, you know, along the way. Um, but um, Keaton and I also, we, as soon as we got into the class, we were like, and we had the podcast kind of in the back of our mind. Uh, we were kind of like, okay, yeah, well, this is definitely something we want to interview. Definitely a lot of experiences, definitely a lot of uh, cool, like, things that you've done in your life. Um, so that being said, that's kind of like the, the general gist of what we're hoping to accomplish here with this, just this conversation, you know for everyone who's listening in. So Keaton, you want to go ahead and uh, get us started? Well, and I actually have a question for you. Go figure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a question, Please. of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, as you know, you know, my background, I'm an attorney and I'm a professor. We both, both as an attorney and as a professor, I like to research. Um, so I was looking up your podcast, the how of who we are, and I saw your logo there. You want to tell me the background behind your logo, what the symbolism is? <laughs> oh, segues. Good, good, Definitely. good. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Keaton. Uh, well, we'd be happy to. Actually, we had uh, we were discussing earlier that we were going to ask you kind of a question pertaining to the logo as well, um, but we'd be happy to start as well. Um, so we put some pieces um, about Will and I in there, 
And the top one, that's the Minnesota State logo outline. That's where both Will and I live at this point. Um, and then on the left there, that's a Colorado like sea um, with the mountains in there as well. That's where I was born and raised. Um, then on the bottom, there's a lacrosse helmet. That's actually how Will and I came to meet one another. Um, was through lacrosse when we transferred into Benedictine College. And then on the right, um, that's where we like to call it Dorm Brew Studios because you know it was made created in the college. And then obviously you got to have a whole lot of coffee while you're getting through college. So it's our French press just hanging out right there. I like uh, all the symbolism there. Awesome. So we we were hoping to, because not everyone knows who you are. Um, like so, we were hoping that you can give us a little bit of a just a general. Uh, background about yourself um, for those of listening in who don't really know who you are and a way to do that we were actually thinking ties in with the logo so if you want to go ahead and give us for the people who are listening and us as well uh, four, I, four, four icons you would put on your logo if you were to make a logo just to kind of give people a general kind of feel for who you are okay great yeah that's a fantastic question I would have a, a cross my faith is very important to me. Um, Catholic, I was born and raised Catholic, um, but faith plays a large part um, in my life. God has blessed me so much that I'm very grateful for. So a cross would be the first thing. Second, something to symbolize family, probably. Um, you know, faith, family, uh, closely intertwined, um, always looking out for family. Next, ooh, probably the Benedictine B. I went to Benedictine College myself, played soccer at BC, had a fantastic four years there. Um, that helped me to develop into the person that I am today. And I'm still really close with a lot of my classmates. So it's fun to see, you know, Will Keaton, if you guys are still close friends 10, 10 15 years from now, uh, maybe I'll still be doing the podcast. Who knows? You know, wherever you are in the world, still getting together for the podcast online for technology that we have. So maybe a B to represent Benedictine College. And of course, I'm back at BC. It drew me, that environment drew me back in. So that's played a large part in my life. The last one, hmm, that's a tough one. It could be something related to the legal profession or even potentially a soccer ball. I mentioned I soccer at BC, but sports really truly do help to build character. Um, you guys, you know, being lac lacrosse players yourself probably realize that um, whether it's time management, dedication, teamwork, the coaches that I've had over the years, I've learned a great deal from. So possibly, you know, a soccer ball or it could be, you know, the, the balance. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, those two possibly. scales. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a so, little gavel in there too. <laughs> there we go. You know, maybe they'd be scales and I'd have a soccer ball on okay. one. Okay. Okay. I'm going to combine it. I'm going to cheat a little <laughs> that's bit. That's <laughs> good. That's really good. Cool. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So we can, we can use that as another segue into kind of what we want to start with. Um, we'd like to just get to know you a little bit better as well. Um, so obviously you went ahead and you mentioned sports a lot of times, but uh, we want to ask you, like, what is something, like, what does a normal day look like? Obviously, it's kind of difficult right now because everything's different than what you would normally do. But do you spend time playing soccer at this point? You know, I know you obviously have your dog as well. Do you spend a lot of time with her? Just kind of curious what, what a normal day looks like for you. Yeah, pre-COVID-19, post-COVID-19. Right. Um, yeah, every day is a little bit different, really. Uh, you know, I try to get up pretty early in the morning. I say early, I guess it depends on who you are, but, you know, 5.30 or 6 a.m., especially if I'm driving up to B.C., um, take my dog out. You mentioned my little dog, Trinitia. Tia for short. Take her out for a little walk. 
um, and head up to BC. I typically listen to the news on my way to school. I like to keep my classes, you know, fresh and current, especially in my international classes. There's always so much from the news that we can talk about. Um, it's one thing just to, to read from a textbook and learn topics from a textbook, but it's another to apply it to current events. For example, we talked about COVID-19 right now um, in our business law class today. And just how, you know, you have different companies that are really stepping up um, and helping out local communities. So, and then in teaching classes, you know, my schedule varies from day to day, but I have a lot of meetings with students, I'm heavily involved in the faculty advisor now for the Student International Business Council, the pre-law advisor. So a lot of students I just, you know, today set up a meeting to talk with a student that's considering going to law school, which is really exciting. Um, it's great awesome. to see what students end up doing. Um, that's probably one of the, the things I like most about teaching is the students. You guys truly are an inspiration. I mean, look at you two, Will and Keaton, here you are. You had this idea and you didn't just stop there. You didn't just talk about it, but you're doing it very entrepreneurial. You're taking these concepts, these business skills that you've learned, and even these relationship skills. Relationships are so important in business. I can't emphasize them enough. Um, and, and you're doing that. You're building relationships with individuals that, with, that you're interviewing, individuals, um, at school with each other. I mean, it's, it's fantastic to see this. You guys are really an inspiration, like many of my other students. Um, so day to day, I suppose it varies uh, between meetings, classes. In my free time, I really enjoy traveling. I've spent a fair bit of traveling over the last number of years. And then staying active, I like paddleboarding, you know, kayaking, playing soccer, rock climbing, hiking, jogging. I mean, you name it, really getting outside um, and experiencing life. Definitely, just keeping yourself active. Um, and it sounds like a lot of it is really directed towards the students too, which, you know, I think Will and I have felt that impact. It felt like, it feels like you give a lot to the class and, you know, you always show up with a lot of energy and it's hard being a teacher. I, you know, my parents are teachers, dad is principal and it's, I mean, it's not an easy profession, not by any means, especially to show up every day with that kind of energy. Well, you guys deserve 110% and really it's, it's the students that give me that energy. So. Thank yeah, you. So thank you. Speaking of teaching. Um, and again, thank you so much for your uh, like interest in the podcast. But um, speaking of teaching, I'm kind of curious. Uh, we were both, you know, beforehand kind of thinking, um, what's the timeline? So, like, you've obviously graduated college and then went to, we don't really know the details, but we know some law stuff happened in there. And then all of a sudden you're back at BC teaching. So can you take us through some of the, that timeline of events? Yeah, there, there was a bit of law stuff in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, yeah, like I said, no, I that's great. <laughs> that's a great description. Fantastic. Uh, again, I, I went to BC and it was my senior year of college there. And I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do the summer before my senior year. So going between my junior to senior year, I had a couple of fantastic internships. Um, one was with Enterprise Rent-A-Car and their management training program. A solid program. I learned a lot from you know, the volunteer work that they had us do in the program to the presentations that we gave to upper management to meeting with clients it was a really good growing opportunity. And I was considering, you know, taking a position with the company right after school. Uh, but I also that same summer, so I doubled up, I was able, fortunately, I'm grateful both companies let me let me negotiate contracts to do both jobs, both internships. I worked for a professional soccer team. This is going to date myself a little bit. But it was the Kansas City Wizards at the time, now sporting Kansas City. And I, I served in the marketing, um, public relations, and communications department, which was a dream job as a soccer player at BC. I mean, my job 
was to sit in the press box during games. You know, that is fantastic. Yeah, that's so cool. You know, making sure that they're happy and hopefully writing good things about the players and coaches. Um, and I, I love that. And so I was really torn between doing that or I had the class that you guys are now, Legal Environment of Business. Uh, Don Hoy, Dr. Don Hoy was my professor for that course. And he was really encouraging me to at least take a serious look at law school. And so I was kind of, again, you know, do I go to law school? Do I jump out into the real world? Um, and I eventually decided to go ahead and go that law school route. Um, my senior year, our soccer team did really well at BC, which was incredibly exciting. We went out to California as part of the, the tournament at the end of the year, which, oh man, I, you know, at the time I was like, we're going all the way, we're doing this. Uh, but we lost that game in California, which was heart wrenching. Mm. But on that bus ride back, I remember my soccer coach, you know, he was just making rounds on the bus. We had 33 hours. So he was making rounds on the bus talking to all of us. And he was kind of asking me, you know, what I, what was my plan for life? What did I want to do? And I was talking about where I was at and I thought, well, it might be too late to take the LSAT, the law school admissions test to go to law school. And he told me, no, like it's, it's not too late. If that's something you want, like do it. So I literally, um, as soon as I got back, like I started studying right away and I kind of left it in God's hand, hands because I was cutting it close. I knew that if I was going to go to law school, it was something I'd be paying for. And I didn't necessarily have, you know, the funding to do that. So I knew I'd need some scholarships. So, you know, I prayed about it a lot and I told God, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put in the time, I'm going to put in the hours and I'm going to study hard. Um, and if you want me to go to law school, you know, I'm really going to have to do well in this exam. So, you know, obviously I didn't just say, Hey God, take care of it. I studied hard. Um, and you know, things worked out. He took care of me. And so I said another prayer. I was like, God, you know, if you want me to go to law school, I've got to get into schools now. So, you know, I applied to the schools that I was interested in. Um, and he took care of that. And so next I was like, okay, God, somebody has to pay for this. <laughs> um, so, you know, I applied for scholarships and again, he came through, you know, 110%. And so I went ahead and I went to law school and it was such a good opportunity to continue to grow, um, both from an education standpoint, but also as a person and my classmates from law school, you know, I still keep in touch with quite a few of those um, guys and gals, you know, now we're uh, practicing law in, in different ways. Everyone's kind of all over the place. So that's where I went from BC. My first job was at a law firm, so a private law firm doing business, real estate, and commercial law. I did that for a couple of years. From there, I went in and I did some recruiting for the law school where they sent me all over the United States talking with faculty advisors and pre-law students, which was a lot of fun. Great job. Cool. That's really cool. To get some travel. Yeah, this school is fantastic. Uh, meeting with, you know, soon-to-be law students was a lot of fun. Uh, Networking, I know that I mentioned networking in our class and a lot of my classes is that, you know, that word, ooh, don't say networking. Uh, even I sometimes, you know, cringe, used to cringe at the thought, but it is really important um, because I was at a, I was on the, a board. So I was on a board for an organization and, and through that, I, I was the social chair. So I set up a winter event. At that winter event, um, you know, I was, you know, mingling with various people. And someone told me I should apply for a position with a judge on the Court of Appeals. And I thought, wow, you know, that's a big step. But I thought, you know, why not? Um, and it worked out. So I was offered the position to work for the judge um, at the Kansas Court of Appeals, which, again, incredible experience. The judge I worked for, wow, what a man. Um, and the whole environment there, the other research attorneys, it, it was a very unique experience. Uh, after that, so the same time I was offered that job, I was offered a spot to teach business law 
at Benedictine College as an instructor. Again, networking-wise, Dr. Hoy, so that professor I had way back in college, um, he was looking out even when I was doing recruiting for the law school, I had a chance to talk with him. And I mentioned how teaching, you know, could really be a dream job. Because when I went to Benedictine College, at first I went there thinking I wanted to be a teacher, an elementary school teacher, but then business, you know, caught my eye. And so I did business and then I went to law school. So now teaching business law is a combination of all of my interests. Okay. Bringing that teaching <laughs> huh. back from my freshman year, you know, the 18 year old kid, um, student, to then bring in that business and law. So it all comes together in this nice, beautiful package. Um, and that's what I did. So then I came back to BC and I went ahead and taught for a little while. So again, the judge and BC offered me contracts at the same time. So we were able to work it out. So I did a short term with the judge, a shortened term than I would have done, and then started at BC as soon as the school semester kicked off. Um, and I had a chance to go to New Zealand for a couple of years. So I, I left. Yeah, that, I was actually, was that for, for school? Or was yeah. that, okay. I thought about doing, a, I knew I wanted to do an MBA, so a master's in business administration. And I thought about staying at BC and doing it, you know, at night at KU or at a local school. Um, but things worked out and I had an opportunity to do it in New Zealand. So I did, I left, I went to New Zealand for two years and then I also worked and did some marketing consulting for um, an artificial intelligence company actually, oh, cool. artificial intelligence software while I was over there. And cool. You know, came back to BC and I've been there for a little over two years now. And I'm so happy to be back. God has, has truly blessed me in so many ways. I'm very grateful. Uh, I think that's really interesting how you started out actually wanting to be a teacher and then went through so many different opportunities and still came back full circle to become a teacher as well. Yeah, you know, things happen for a reason. Definitely. I, I, I have a <laughs> yeah. motto that I that say is... very often. Uh, <laughs> And it's, uh, we know, we'll, we'll ask you a model question a little later too, but I will say everything happens for a reason. You know, whether it's good or bad, you'll, you'll learn a little further down the line what that reason is, but I'm firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm very grateful the way that it worked out. Definitely. Yeah, so, oh, I was going to say, back to that point of how it all came together in the teaching spot at Benedictine, what, what was it about teaching that, I guess, stayed with you? through that entire time because that's I mean there was a lot that happened in those years so what do you think stayed with you through all that time to bring you all the way back to teaching yeah I had some influential individuals growing up you know from soccer coaches which I always kind of considered that too whether I was going to do any coaching and I may in the future you know do some coaching on the side still um but someone you know people like Dr. Hoy that said you know hey this you seem to really have a knack for law you should consider it um I wanted to to be there for students. You know, college is, is an incredible time to grow and figure out who you are. Yes, you're learning a lot of things. Yes, you're considering what career you want to go into. Uh, but again, the, those friendships that you build. So whatever part I can play in helping students figure out what they want to do, um, I want to be a part of that. I think the, the impact that you have on other people throughout your life is so important. Um, so if I can serve in this capacity, and it's, it's been so, so rewarding. I can't emphasize it enough. Just seeing, you know, just a couple months ago, I received an email from a student that's been out for, you know, a little while now. And I remember when he was one of my students, he told me he was considering law school, but he was going to go, you know, overseas for a little bit. And he was hoping to, you know, get married. And then he wanted to come back to law school. Well, I got an email from him, like just in the past couple months, telling me he got into his first choice law school. He's married. Their first child is on the way. Um, they've lived overseas and they're just moving back. 
that was so moving to hear him say that. It just makes me so happy. I had another student. I can just say story after story. No, please. That's what we're here <laughs> <Yeah>. for. <laughs> I had another please. student that, um, you know, I had brought in one of my old soccer teammates, actually. So like I said, your network of people. It was one of my old teammates that I played soccer with at BC. She was a goalie. And she had a job where she was doing a lot of traveling, doing recruiting, um, and a lot of different places around the world. So I had her come in, talk to my international marketing class to talk about her experience, you know, what she does. Well, that, that friend of mine, my, you know, old teammate, she decided to take another position, which meant her position was now vacant. Well, one of my students that was sitting in that class saw the vacant position and said, hey, I remember you had the guest speaker come in. Is there any way you could set up a meeting so I could talk to her? I want to interview for her job, her old job. Um, and so I was able to set up that, that interview. And the student that I had, she got the position. Now, again, the student was a fantastic student. She 100% earned that. That was all the student. But if I can play any small part, you know, even setting her up with that conversation with the person that helped mm-hmm. me before, uh, it's just, again, I'm so happy to see what you guys do after you graduate. That's so cool. And I think it's really important to notice, too, that it was multiple people that I felt like you've had a big influence on. You know, it wasn't just like one story. You even showed the excitement that you had many, many stories that you could have gone on and on about. And I think that's really important to note, too. Yeah, I love teaching. It's my passion. And you guys really, uh, you help breathe life into me, it seems. So, yeah. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Um, I want to ask you as well, do you feel any sort of regret from going through that whole process you did to get to the point of being a teacher now? Or do you feel like you would have rather started a teacher or are you just happy with how it all worked out? You know, I'm really happy with how it all worked out. I'm a big believer in, in the things that you go through in life. They make us who we are today, uh, both the triumphs, but then also the challenges and the hardships that we have to go through. I know for me, so I, when I was in law school, I, I started to think that I would like to be a teacher. Again, I had some incredible professors throughout my life. I mean, even in law school, I had a professor, I was considering to doing a JD MBA right there in law school, you could kind of combine the two. So then it would be a four year program because some of the classes overlapped. And my first year of law school, I talked to my contracts professor. And, you know, in the hall, he was like, okay, like, great. You know, that sounds good. You know, good for you. He's like, well, <laughs> where'd you grow up? And I'm like, Kansas, you know, I'm like, yeah, Kansas. Okay, good. And where'd you go to college? I'm like, Kansas. And he's like, okay, okay. And law school now, you're where? Kansas? He's like, great. So you're going to graduate from law school, have zero work experience, but have this MBA and all of your schooling's been done in Kansas. He said, hold up. He said, his recommendation would be to finish my law degree, go work for a while, and then go do my master's somewhere else. Well, I did that. I went to the other side of the world to do that. <laughs> yeah, quite literally. You know, that one professor had an impact. Like I took his advice and even going to law school, Dr. Hoy telling me, hey, you know, you should really think about this. Um, that influenced, you know, kind of my path along the way. And I did, while I was in law school, I did some teaching at Emporia State. So I would drive out to Emporia once a week to teach a three-hour class, Introduction to Law. And I really liked it, but I knew I wanted to practice law for a while. You know, I earned this law degree, so I wanted to spend some time practicing. Um, so really, no regrets. I'm, I'm really happy with the path um, that, you know, God led me down and, and where it's brought me today. That's amazing. I think that's advice that both Will and I can take into account, too, just to go work for a little bit, kind of get that experience and see exactly which path you want to take. I think it's so up in the air for, you know, what exactly you're going to end up doing. I think 
you know, you can, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but this was all relatively unplanned. I mean, you kind of just went where God took you and it brought you full circle back to the school that you really enjoyed that brought you into that path in the first place. Yeah, that's a great analysis of it. I'm a big believer in having an, an open heart and an open mind uh, so that you don't miss some of those opportunities that are presented. And you're absolutely right. Like I say, I mean, working for the Court of Appeals, I, I was at a, a holiday party, you know, that I planned and it was a conversation. I thought, okay, I'll apply, you know, see if it's the right fit. Um, so yeah, a lot of it, you know, things, like I said earlier, things happen for a reason. Uh, so having that open heart and open mind. Um, and you guys mentioned advice for you and where you go. What are your plans? I know you're both marketing majors. Have you thought about after graduation, the paths that you want to go? Yeah, I definitely have. Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't have like it too far down the future, but I know directly after school, I'd like to, I'm interning right now with the company and I'm an assistant market manager for the guy. Well, actually that starts in next week, but um, so assistant market manager. So basically what I do there is we take a product, our product happens to be paint sprayers, machines that spray paint, and we just develop the product within the company. We do all the branding for it. Um, we're gonna, like, we just run the sales analytics. We can tell the salesman, like, hey, you need to sell more of X product and X location. Um, so I know marketing is definitely, and that type of marketing, market managing is what I wanna do long-term, or at least after, after school. And then I'd like to take, the traveling aspect I'd actually like to take the marketing and take it as an opportunity to travel because I know salesmen and people involved in marketing travel a lot so I'm hoping to get on the road and just see some places you know that's kind of what I want to do. Congratulations on the internship that's very exciting you'll get some good experience there and travel wise and here I'm doing a little plug speaking of marketing The Student International Business Council, it's worth taking a look at. I don't know if you've been involved with it much in the past. This is my first year, you know, as the faculty advisor. But we send students to different places in the world to work on projects. In January, so January of 2020, just, you know, three, four months ago, I took four of our students and two students from the University of San Diego to New Zealand, where I mentioned networking's key, right? So when I did my master's, um, I was also on a board in New Zealand um, of an organization. And on that board, one of my colleagues, you know, we on LinkedIn, we connected up. So this last year, I went on and to see where some of my classmates were at. He's now the CEO of a company in New Zealand. So I sent a message to him telling him, you know, I'm the new faculty advisor for the Student International Business Council. I want my students to have some experience overseas. Um, could they do a project for you? And he said, absolutely, I'm on board. Like, send me some details, let's talk. Uh, so if you're interested in international experience, we did. I ended up taking, again, four students from here, two from San Diego. They created a 70 page marketing plan for the company and then presented it to the senior managers in their New Zealand office. And we also had a project in Mexico that we did in November of last year. Um, And we have some other projects. We took some students to Belize where they did entrepreneurship workshops in a community. And that, see, the VC students, you guys really, it's invigorating. Our students took their spring break and instead of having some crazy party spring break, they traveled, four of our students traveled with me to Belize and went to Banquet where they put on entrepreneur presentations for locals in the community. Um, it's, a, it's definitely not a wealthy community and there aren't a lot of jobs in banking. So a lot of individuals want to start their own businesses. So our students went and talked about how to write a business plan and financing and how to build a website. So our BC students taught these topics to individuals in the community and our students went into the local high school there 
and taught about basic business. So they covered, you know, marketing, uh, again, finance, again, talked about international business and shared that with the students in the community because the high school, again, for funding reasons, most of the teachers are actually volunteers, missionaries there. So I just, it's really exciting to see what our BC students want to do and are willing to do and to go out um, and, you know, go light the world on fire. So anyway, if you're interested in international experience, and SIBC helps with some of the funding for that travel for students too. So worth looking at. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned that. That's definitely been on the radar. I've received a few texts from different people, cool. you know, saying, oh, have you seen the, the trip? Like, do you, want, do you want to think about going? And I'm like, yeah, so it's definitely on the radar for me. Um, I, I'm, I guess I'll have to look into the SIBC funding help because that's, that's something I was going to have to look into. But yeah, that's something I'm interested in for sure. Well, you know where to find me. Anytime, shoot me an email and I can tell you more. Cool. And then how about That's you? Cool. What's the plan? So you're also a marketing major, lacrosse player. Yeah, correct. So, I mean, I very much have the mindset that I feel like you had to, where you just kind of go with the flow a little bit. You know, I don't have anything set in stone for a path. Because when I went to college originally, I was at a big state university. And I didn't want to go to BC just because I was a spiteful teenager. And my oldest brother had gone there and I was like, well, I want to make my own path. Lo and behold, come full circle. I'm at BC. I'm loving it, playing the cross. Um, and something that I would really like to do is that I want to work for this new uh, professional lacrosse league called the PLL, um, the Premier Lacrosse League. And when you were talking about that you had worked for the soccer team in Kansas, I think that falls right into what I would like to do. Something along those lines of just being around the team. Um, you know, being around the sport I love. And I mean, I even have a lacrosse kind of hanging out in the background there too. Oh yeah, I see it. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, just being able to use my conversationalism, I don't know if that's the word, <laughs> being we'll, able we'll to converse well. Yeah, <laughs> being able to converse well and, and talk a lot. And I think um, since it's a kind of a startup league too, it was their first summer last year. Um, it's something I could get in kind of at the ground level and hopefully just you know make a big impact within that and to be able to kind of uh you know market the sport of lacrosse itself because i don't feel like lacrosse is extremely well known um particularly in the midwest and you know i could use my dc connections to go throughout the midwest and then help advertise just for lacrosse in general and then obviously that would help with advertisement for the league too so that's something that i would really like to do um but you know i you know just keep my options open you know making my networking, um, you know, getting in touch with as many people as possible on LinkedIn and just um, seeing what opportunities are available to me. That's a great idea. I mean, sticking with the sports theme, wasn't it Wayne Gretzky that said you miss 100% of the shots you don't take? So yeah, take those shots, start sending out those emails now. Um, and that's fantastic to get involved while it's just kind of starting. Who knows, maybe you'll be um, president of the league or CEO, you know, of the organization, give it 20 years or so. So absolutely great job. Definitely. Especially, yeah. I mean, just being around the sport too, I think I'd really, I'd really love that. Um, but again, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, still have a little bit of time before graduation happens and, you know, we just go with the flow around here. Great. And actually I had another question for you, Professor Rogers. Um, this one, it's a little bit of a backtrack, but um, into that law stuff section we were talking about. Um, I, you mentioned it actually at the beginning of class and it was a beginning of class this semester and it sparked my interest. Um, you said that there is a direct contrast between courtroom scenes you see in movies and then courtroom scenes 
uh, you see in real life. And this is obviously totally off topic, totally just direction change, but something I was been curious about since you mentioned it. So could you like in the, in your own experience, uh, what is like the real experience of a courtroom, but also what's the most dramatic moment you've experienced or witnessed or been a part of? Yeah, good question. And you know, that makes me so happy. Look at you remembering way back at the beginning of the semester stuff we had talked about. Oh, I feel so proud. So good job, Will. Uh, yeah, it's, there's definitely a difference between what you see in a lot of the movies and the television shows, you know, the Hollywood drama, it's, you know, something happens and boom, all of a sudden it's this big courtroom scene when actually realistically litigation is quite a lengthy process. You know, something happens and jumping straight to a lawsuit probably not your best first option. Depends on the exact situation. It varies from situation to situation. But sometimes you can diffuse the situation so no litigation is actually needed because lawsuits are quite costly from court fees, attorney fees, the time that you're taking off of work, paying experts, etc. So in real life, you have this whole discovery process, this discovery phase before you get to that trial where you're um, exchanging documents, you're having depositions, where you're interviewing experts or people involved. Um, and it just takes a lot longer. And a lot of cases actually settle out today as opposed to going and having you know, that trial. Now, some cases do go all the way to trial, that's very true, um, but it's a much lengthier process than what you see in, on television. And again, it's also quite expensive. And even after you have a result, so even after you know, the judge has come down with the decision, the case could get appealed to the Court of Appeals. And after you have a decision there, you know, maybe you've spent years, now you have a decision there, it could get appealed again to, for example, in Kansas, the Kansas Supreme Court. And potentially, depending on your case, you know, if it's it could get appealed again to the United States Supreme Court, which again, very few cases actually make it all the way to the United States Supreme Court. But again, this takes a lot of time and it's a very expensive process. So again, that's kind of the reality of, of how things are. Um, most dramatic moment. Hmm. I suppose I can think of a couple of situations. Um, Obviously, respecting the client privilege. Client yeah, of course, privilege. of course. I know that much about law. I know that much about law. Yeah. Could work well. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I remember early on in a. I suppose a funny moment. A funny moment was um, I was sent one of the uh, senior partners at the law firm that I was at. Um, he, you know, had a schedule conflict or just wasn't able to attend a deposition. So he asked if I could go attend the deposition for him. And just kind of a, a quick synopsis of deposition, that's before you get to a trial where you can interview, you know, witnesses, et cetera. Um, you know, someone's there, they're taking notes. So you have attorneys from both sides. So I'm in this room and I walk into this room and there's a whole bunch of attorneys in there. Um, and they were all um, quite a bit older than me. And it was just funny, I walked into the room, and it was just silence. Nobody knew what to do as this young attorney walks into the room. So use that to your strength. They didn't know what to expect. Um, so, I mean, that was kind of just a funny moment in my career. I suppose one of the most rewarding things I did, and again, just like you said, attorney-client privilege, I can't go into too many details, but there was um, an older gentleman, and um, unfortunately, someone, uh, a company tried to take advantage of him and essentially took his whole retirement. So he invested his entire retirement. Um, it was a fraudulent situation and they took it and kind of ran away with the money. Um, so yes. going and winning a big verdict for him um, was really rewarding. Um, it was eye-opening to see, you know, somebody take advantage of someone like that. Uh, coming from BC, sometimes there's that, that Benedictine bubble. 
And I really did experience that for sure. BC, it's a great place. And obviously I'm back there for a reason. I'm very passionate about the community there. Um, but yeah, the real world can be quite different once you get out. So that was an eye-opening case. And I guess that real world bubble, um, going back in time before I was an attorney, when I went from Benedictine College to law school, I had two other classmates from BC that were also going to Washburn, where I attended school, Washburn University School. And I remember we were sitting, uh, my, my friend Megan, who's also an attorney now, we were sitting, they had these lunch and learns, and as a law student, any free food you can get, man, you are there, you're saving yeah. this lunch and learn, you know, to get this free pizza. Um, but the topic happened to involve um, abortion, and you're coming from BC, you know, a lot of the speakers are kind of along the same vein, same line of thought. Well, we got there and this attorney essentially was very um, pro-abortion. And I remember we walked out of the meeting and Megan turned to me and she goes, we're not at Benedictine anymore. And it was just like, whoa, mm. you know, what just happened? It was just, it was a very different experience. Again, I'm not taking, you know, a side on the issue right here, right now. But um, yeah, it's just, it was definitely a growing experience going from Benedictine and kind of hitting hit with the reality of what happens in society. Yeah, I, you know, even coming from the state school to going to Benedictine, it was such a different environment entirely. Um, you know, we had, we had a smaller transfer group, which allowed us to get a lot closer. And it was clear that those people actually cared, um, like for me and for my well-being, obviously, as well as their own. And I don't think that's translated in a lot of other state schools or, you know, even generally in the world. I mean, obviously, you find great people all over the place, but it's, interesting to see that there's still other people that will take advantage, which is not something that you'd expect within that Benedictine bubble. Right. I, th I think you're right about BC that that's something I'm so honored to be a professor at Benedictine College, you know, from working for, you know, President Menace and the Dean of Students, Kimberly Shankman, and my colleagues, you know, all the colleagues, you know, Dr. King, uh, Michael King, the head of the School of Business, and my other professors, to be able to work with individuals like that, with that high level of integrity, it's, it's such an honor to be a part of the team. And like you said, we, myself and the others, we, we truly care about our students. And I like the fact that the way that it's set up at BC, you know, our leadership in the school sets it up so that we can take the time to have those meetings with the students. You know, I can take the time to do a podcast interview with you. Um, it's something we're, we're really invested in all of you. So I'm very grateful to be here. Yeah, that's very appreciated as well. Um, so that's some great information, uh, all that kind of leading up to where you are now. Now, I want to go ahead and kind of look forward a little bit. And this is a little bit of a difficult question to answer. Um, but I just want to ask you, like, what do you think is your definition of success? Do you feel like you've obtained it? Do you feel like you have more that you could do to, you know, get to that definition that you've set forth for success? And, um, you know, what do you think will be your final job? Do you think you'll continue teaching? Do you think you may look elsewhere? or you know, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, so probably I would imagine much like yourselves, not to be presumptuous, but um, especially with sports, right? I'm always striving to be better. Like there's, I can always be just a little bit better, just a little bit more, push myself a little bit further. Right. Uh, so I don't know if I'll ever be done trying to achieve more, be more successful, or, you know, um, to help more students or to have a better knowledge or understanding. And even the legal profession itself, right? We talk about in class how laws change, right? New legislation, uh, in the United States, we're a common law system, so case precedent's important. So a decision, decision might come down, which is going to impact how other situations are handled. So really, there's no kind of um, into learning. I'm a big believer in being a lifelong learner, whether it's about law, 
whether it's about, you know, camping and hiking. I might tonight, you know, on for a workshop about hiking basics. Uh, so I'm always about learning new things. So, you know, what do I consider that reaching that successful mark? I'm very happy, again, you know, with the path that God has put me on and where I'm at right now. Uh, I receive a lot of joy from it and I really enjoy what I do, I'm doing. But yeah, I guess I hope to continue to grow in the position that I'm at now and find even more ways to reach students because there are all those, and I know I talk about this in class, but different learning styles. And I want to make sure that I'm able to reach, you know, as many students as possible. My goal isn't to make it the most difficult class you will have ever taken, <laughs> but hopefully that you come out of it with a knowledge and you know more about the legal system. One of the I've had a lot of rewarding moments um, while teaching, but one of them that really sticks with me, and it was early on in my teaching career, it was actually the first teaching job I had, so it was at Emporia State, and I was in the class, and we had a uh, foreign exchange student in the class, um, and he was kind of on the, the outside. Um, culturally, he, his culture tended to be a little bit more quiet, so not as you know outgoing and answering questions, but I saw the class kind of come together, but he wasn't kind of part of that core group. Um, but as we worked together and I broke the class out into groups and we did this kind of competitive game, um, the team really got into it. I mean, they were really gunning to win the game. Well, he spoke up and his little on his team and gave them the answer for the win. And just to see the class <laughs> accept him, I mean, it was so beautiful to see him become a part of the class and that acceptance. I mean, to this day, I'm still, I mean, gosh, I don't want to like tear up here, it, you know? I love that. That brought me so much joy to see that happen. Um, just again, not just for the class, but his acceptance by his peers. So, I mean, to have more moments like that, to have an impact like that or have more moments, uh, that would be successful for me. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's obviously really impactful, really beautiful thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, that definitely success right there. Uh, but all this being said so far, um, kind of as a way of conclusion, what, what do you think, you know, looking back on, you know, where you've come and how you've, how you've gotten to where you are, um, how do you think you would address yourself as like in college or someone who's, you know, uh, in college, coming out of college? How would you address past you or someone in a situation like that? So what would I tell myself in the past? Like advice? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose I would say something that I'm a big believer in now, uh, live life to the fullest. I've spent a lot of my life, you know, looking ahead, you know, preparing for that next thing. You talk about success. I'm always looking for more, to achieve more, to be better, to be stronger. Um, so I do. I have spent a lot of my life looking forward. Again, no regrets. It's led to where I'm at today, so I'm very happy with it. But I suppose I might tell myself, um, just kind of big picture-wise, so, so learn from the past. I think that's important to learn from the experiences you've had. And I do think it's important to look to the future, to plan for the future, um, but to really make sure that I'm living in the moment too, to enjoy every single moment. I mean, I look back and there have been so many incredible moments, um, really good memories with family, with friends, uh, to make sure that I'm, I'm living those to the fullest. So that's my advice to you guys too. Make sure you're, you're living in the moment. College is, is a great time. You're gonna have so many other incredible experiences after college too. Enjoy each and every one of them. Definitely. Thank you so much. Well, Professor Rogers, we really enjoyed having you on. Do you have any uh, questions that you'd like to kind of ask us before we go ahead and wrap this up? 
Not at this time. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Again, I'm really happy to see you guys going out there being entrepreneurial and, and starting something that's something you had a vision for and a dream for. So good job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we really enjoyed having you on and uh, we'll send you the episode over once we get it finished up. And uh, once again, thanks for joining us and uh, maybe we'll have you join us in the future as well. All right. Sounds good. Thanks guys. Take care. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this interview with Professor Rogers. Um, have some more episodes on the way for you as soon as we can. Please comment. Please follow us on our Instagram and let us know how we're doing. See you next time.